All right, real quick. Oh, what you're going to be hearing in this episode. Uh, you're going to be hearing jumps and you're going to be hearing a lot of random cuts uh, because we had to cut out the music uh, because, you know, the program that we're partnered with to pay royalties does not translate over to podcasts and other platforms. So, yeah, that's just a heads up. Oh, and one last thing real quick. This news is old. Uh, this was recorded and broadcasted on April 24th. So, yeah, the news and stuff that you're hearing is old, but uh, when it was broadcasted over the air, it was new, fresh, and current news. So, yeah, um, last interruption. Uh, enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Two Cent Tuesday. I am your host, Dylan Dilworth, and I have a special guest with me today who's also going to be co-hosting Chip. What's up, everybody? <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about news in the gaming industry and in the film and television industry today. So we're going to start off with some news from Sony after this quick break. Cool. All right. All right. First up, we have news from Sony and PlayStation. This time of this recording is Tuesday, April 24th. And uh, this past weekend, God of War for the PlayStation 4 has dropped. And right now, I can tell you off the top if you have a ps4 and you have nothing to play or you want a great game go ahead and pick god of war up have you been playing over the weekend yeah i'm about seven hours in which is not a lot but uh if like compared to the other games because the original trilogy uh they were about 10 to 12 hours long mm. So normally, like, I would be towards the end of the game. But with this one, if uh, they said if you want to do a speed run, it's going to take you about 25 hours. But if you're, you know, regularly playing, it's going to take you about 30 to 35 hours. Wow. That's actually, that's been one of the biggest things I've seen with this jump in consoles is the size of the games and the size of the maps. Yeah. Because, like, you know, from PS2 to PS3, it was really, like, the graphics, like, looked so much better and the graphics look better on the ps4 than they did with the three but yeah for me it's been just the size of the maps and the scope of the games are exponentially bigger than they were in the previous generation right because back yeah because last generation when i had my ps3 i had a 500 gigabyte playstation 3 and i never ran out of memory <laughs> and this generation uh, i have been constantly been deleting games for like the past two or three years because like each game now is like 30 to 50 gigs each yeah and it's made me go i mean they're trying to do this whole digital switch over thing and i'm still going buying physical discs because i don't have the 50 gig on my hard drive to give up for it <laughs> or i get the disc and it's another 50 gig yeah. but i remember yeah with dlc and everything they can definitely swell up so what are your thoughts on god of war so far you said it's been uh the length of it is different and there's also there's a uh father-son aspect to it yeah 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 so right now the game is still like fresh and it's being compared to other games which is the creative director and the lead game designer they actually came out and said in the little like developer diary that they took inspiration from different games and then so that started this whole band of you know comparing it to Oh, they're trying to be like The Last of Us. They're trying to be like Dark Souls. And so for those of us who don't know, the God of War series is you're playing as 
an ancient Ares, Kratos, some sort of deity, god of war. Yeah. So, uh, so quick like story for those y'all who don't know. So Kratos is a uh, is a Greece Spartan, and in the first game, the Spartans are at war, and Ares comes through. And uh, oh wait, hold on, quick spoiler alert if you haven't played played a game that came out 15 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Ares comes uh, comes through and offers you know to help the Spartans in war, and you know he signs like a contract, like his soul and stuff over, and Ares ends up tricking him into killing his family, his wife and daughter, mm. and that led on to a whole uh, revenge quest. And at the end of the first game, you defeat Ares and you become the new god of war and then you know some more problems come through with the greek gods and you go through and i remember that in the second game so i played the original one the original trilogy on playstation 2 and the third one was on ps3 yes i never beat any of them (laughs) the first one i remember i got to the desert and i couldn't find my way out of the desert so i gave up on that one i think that was god of war the second one there was some sort of I was in a room with water, and there's all these gears, and it was a puzzle, and I could never figure it out, so I gave up on that one. And the third one, uh, the third one actually glitched out on me. There was a part where I remember I was running down these, uh, like you come out of this building, and these two, it was like you know this old temple or something, and then uh, the game just glitched on me and wouldn't let me go past this point. And I never <laughs> got around to buying another copy. And <laughs> so I have played the original trilogy, but I never beat any of them. No. And then at the time I played them, they get them confused in my head with uh, other other third person linear games like like uh, Prince of Persia or the Devil May Cry series yeah. or all because they were all kind of for me that was a lot of my high school because I'm terrible at first person shooters, you know like Call of Duty or Halo or whatever. So I like I liked those games a lot, um, but yeah, they all kind of <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, my uh, in terms of uh, you know my thoughts on like the game. Um, I can def I can definitely relate to like the story from like both standpoints. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, spoiler alert! <laughs> uh, spoiler alert! Because uh, you know I haven't. Because uh, in the beginning of the game, Atreus and which Atreus' mother, Kratos' wife, passes away, and uh, and she leaves like her last wish is to have her ashes released at the highest peak of this mountain. Oh, uh, mountain. So that's the main quest. But along the uh, the quest, Kratos is trying to teach his son the skills he needs to survive. And of course, if you played the like original trilogy, I'm pretty sure you know that Kratos has a temper. Yeah, I mean, it was the the ultra violence of the game was the selling point. I mean, it's one of those where you just slay 1,200 enemies in one level, sort of thing. Because remember the the axes came swinging out of the, and you could just annihilate an entire row of, of enemies right yeah. and 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 especially in god of war 3 them boss fights was brutal because oh i've I replayed the god of war 3 remaster before this one came out and mm-hmm. i was like yo i'm like these i'm like these greek guys got beat and i'm like yo. and then i was like and then i started like the thing it was like yo which god got it the worst <laughs> kratos has a temper and he's trying to uh, you know, teach his son and have his son control his anger because at this point in the game, his son doesn't know that he is the son of a Greek god and has all of these, you know, powers and he doesn't want that anger to control him like, 
you know, uh, he did. So he's trying to like teach his son. Yeah, the father son storyline. That's an interesting perspective. But you've seen it a lot with games, especially with kind of some of these these exclusives on on PS4. Because the last one I can think of is is Last of Us, which yeah. I guess was PS3. Um, but even uh, Uncharted Four, there was uh, a parent element because uh, if I remember correctly, you're trying to save their daughter. Nathan Drake's daughter and oh, what's her name? The blonde he gets with. Uh, no, it's been a it's been a while since I played on chart. I know what you're talking about though. Yeah. Um. But yes, yeah, so that that that's been an interesting thing these last few years in games to see is is these father or, or these these parental storylines kind of coming in. I think it's part of it is just the uh, uh, aging of the. The the people you know those of us that have grown up playing games and those of us that are making games. And just the world around us. Um, But God of War is a PlayStation exclusive. Yes. Um, And so Sony... And then Sony just released information about they're opening their own studio. Or I thought they had their own studio. Yeah, they have their own studios. But they just put out uh, like a press release that they're opening up a a new studio. So they're trying to add another one. Okay. They're trying to add another one to, uh, you know, their mix of first party developers. Yeah, because Sony's always kind of had it on lock when it comes to exclusives. I mean, I'm going back yeah. to the original, uh, you know, PS1 era, or PlayStation 1 era. I remember, you know, Tomb Raider was always the PlayStation exclusive. Um, and then you had Gran Turismo, you know, Forza came along later with Xbox. Um, they, yeah, games like Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Yeah, Crash was their answer to Mario. And I never, I've never had a Nintendo system, so yeah, I grew up playing Crash. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot, Jack and Dexter, like the list goes on and on but uh one of the rumors that's going around right now is that on the press release for uh you know saying they're opening up a new studio and they're now hiring it was a picture of uh you know characters from uncharted on the uh you know on the picture of the press release so the rumor going around is that this new studio is going to be developing either the next Uncharted game or an Uncharted spinoff while Naughty Dog can focus on The Last of Us 2 or another new IP. Does Last of Us really need a sequel? It seemed to be a pretty self-contained... <laughs> I mean, I guess the opening was kind of... Or opening, excuse me. The ending was a bit open-ended. Uh, I guess you could develop a sequel out of that. I loved that game. So it looks as though this new studio that Sony's created is going to kind of take the pressure off of Naughty Dog, another one of their in-house developers, yeah. so they can focus on a new IP. Because they've had Uncharted, what, the first Uncharted game was a launch title with the PS3, wasn't it? Yeah. So that's 06? Yeah, so, 07, yeah. something like that? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, they, you know, if they've been, and they've had four games out of it in 13, 14 years. Yeah, so yeah, I could I could see them wanting to shift the, because um, Microsoft did something similar with Halo, because mm. uh, Bungie gave them the rights to Halo. Yeah, or they bought the right, or Microsoft bought the rights from Bungie, and so now it's developed in house. Yeah, um, as well as a couple, of, you know, like Forza and a couple others they do in house for Xbox as well. Yeah, so yeah, because in house uh, studios, that's you know, because you. Uh, cause how how do I want to put it? Cause like not necessarily like c- I don't want to say control, but like you know you you're the head of that 
studio and you don't have to go through a middleman, so to say, to develop these games. And then you also, with a first party studio, you have the power to be like, I want this game exclusively on my platform. Yeah, and it, it, it seems to be rather, I mean, you look at Naughty Dog, they've always had a good relationship with Sony. So it seems to be working with them in their favor. Um, and, you know, Sony is kind of no, now getting a little bit known, more well-known with the PlayStation or so, it appears, with their uh, standalone properties. Because, mm-hmm. you know, all your your Madden, your Call of Duties, your, your you know, any of your big releases are probably going to be multi-platform. Yeah. But the, the, the beauty for me, I believe, the beauty of, of these... Um, these studios that are just releasing for a single system, it gives them it gives them more time to develop the story, develop the narrative, and then they get to play with the mechanics of the system itself yeah, a little bit more as opposed to just doing enough that they can spread it out over PC, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, iPhone, whatever else it may be. Yeah, because that's what I was about to say because like they can focus on one platform and one platform only. They don't have to worry about porting it over mm-hmm. To uh, different, uh, get different consoles and stuff because I know uh, a lot of developers. I know uh, from software they're remastering the original Dark Souls, and because uh, you know this is a multi-platform, so they gotta develop it for one thing and then port it over and yeah. make it to those mechanics and stuff. And the Nintendo Switch, they're having problems porting it over, so they actually had to delay that version. So that like extra trouble is like gone and they can just focus on one place. Because Microsoft has and exclusives. Microsoft has this new ex- is, is see if these is an exclusive yeah. to the Xbox. Yeah, it's exclusive. Um, and it, it seems to be doing really well. They claim it's it's they have more than two million players, um, but. They haven't sold two million copies of the game? No. So, basically, uh, in the press release that uh, Rare Studios and Microsoft put out, uh, you know, like, first, well, before I get into all that, I want to salute to the Microsoft's PR team. Aaron Greenberg, you and your team over there, y'all doing an amazing job. Because, you know, even though I'm about to, like, dissect it and pick out what's wrong with it, y'all, at the end of the day, y'all are just doing y'all jobs as, you know, press release and marketing but uh, they had put out a statement saying that, uh, stating, and I quote, the worldwide excitement for Sea of Thieves has made it the fastest-selling fastest first-party new IP of this generation. Having witnessed more than a million players on launch day, our community continues to grow and now has more than 2 million players. So from that statement, it sounds like, you know, Sea of Thieves is winning, like, Fastest selling, you got 2 million players, sold 2 million copies. But it hasn't really sold 2 million copies yet because even though they didn't give a specific number, when you read the statement, you're just going to associate that 2 million players with sales. But what they're doing is Microsoft has this service called Xbox Game Pass. And it's basically kind of like a Netflix for video games you sign up you pay ten dollars a month and then you get access to the xbox library you get access to the xbox library and a couple of other games you pay ten dollars a month and you can download them and you know play them as much as you want you're like so they're adding xbox game pass players into the player account 
They're inflating the numbers. They're, they haven't, they might have 2 million players through the streaming service, but not necessarily through, okay. Through sales. There's still, so there's 2 million players playing the game. It's just like, hasn't sold 2 million. So as far as actual like game sales go, we still don't have a number, but at the end of the day, uh, which leads into you know the next section of Microsoft news, they like they want people to play their game and keep them there. Mm-hmm. So, all right, earlier we was talking about God of War. There's a journalist over at IGN by the name of Ryan McCaffrey. Uh, he's a journalist over there at IGN, and he covers mainly Xbox news, and he's also one of the hosts of their Xbox podcast. And he took to Twitter and he tweeted, Xbox fans are dying. And I put emphasis on dying because in the tweet he made dying, all caps. Xbox fans are dying to celebrate a masterpiece level exclusive like God of War. Thing is, though, it took Sony 10 years to get to this point where their first party is firing on all cylinders. This work started in the PS3 era Xbox can slash might get there, but it's going to take a long time. Because Halo and Forza and Fable are such terrible games and IPs. <laughs> Not counting Fable 3. Uh, okay. I mean, I get what he's saying, because PlayStation's always kind of put a, a bigger foot forward when it comes to IPs, but I don't think Xbox is lacking. Hell, the, the last Tomb Raider game was an Xbox exclusive for the first year. Yeah. And Tomb Raider started out as a PlayStation exclusive in 95. And another, like, gray area with this tweet, I'm not sure if he's talking about the quality of the game or the review scores. Because God of War right now, well, when reviews first came out, it was averaging about a 94 on Metacritic, and now it's up to about a 95, 96. Where... I mean, how accurate are game scores, though? In you know, because I see everything. I rarely see a game rated lower than like an eighty. So really, we're only using a twenty-point scale. Yeah, there might be a sixty-five for like some Game Boy Advance port from a Japanese game that <laughs> didn't quite exactly make it through translation and all intact. But very rarely do have I you know through Game Informer or Metacritic or IGN. Rarely do I ever see anything below. 85 that's just personally so and this is the thing yeah no it's okay no but the interesting thing about this because he didn't because he didn't tag phil spencer or nothing at all the tweet just went viral and phil spencer actually went on twitter phil spencer is uh, phil spencer is the head of xbox okay well the xbox division at At microsoft Microsoft. okay so phil spencer he got on twitter and he replied to the tweet and he said our hardware took time, our service platform and backwards compatibility took time and is continue to grow. Our first party will take time as well. A high quality and diverse first party game, yes, with single player built the right way is our goal and what our customers deserve. We can have similar results to what we've seen in hardware and our platform. I mean, I... I don't really consider this whole console wars thing. I don't. I'm. I'm. 
I have brand loyalty in a lot of things I do. I like Fords and Subarus. I wear a lot of vans. I like Honda motorcycles. I've always had a PlayStation. That's just how I am. Um, and so, I, I, you know, what Sony has in, in stellar, you know, IPs exclusive to their consoles is great, but Xbox has things it does better than Sony. Xbox has always had better controllers, in my opinion. Um, their hardware has, you know, always been either nipping at the heels of Sony or pushing it forward. Uh, and they do have good intellectual properties. So I don't, I, I mean, you know, I don't want to sound like we're taking a dump on Xbox or yeah. Microsoft or anything right now. Yeah. Um, it's just, this stuff takes time and it's entertainment. And now that the video game industry is consistently making more money than the film industry, yeah, this, this stuff takes time. So, but this kind of like brings me back to like the focus of the two companies because in an interview that Phil Spencer did, he has stated earlier that, you know, big story narrative driven games didn't have the same impact as it did back then. And that, you know, the focus right now is on games as a service. And for those, you know, games as a service, it's basically a game that comes out and then they update it with content. So, like, you know, Call of Duty has, you know, their map packs that they release out. Destiny has their expansions. Uh, you know, Grand Theft Auto has the new content that gets added every so often. Uh, so, yeah, that's what they want to focus on. But, like, the the numbers are still there because if you look at single-player narrative games that have, like, no multiplayer, like with Sony, like The Last of Us that sold... 8 million copies first year. Horizon Zero Dawn uh, sold about like 7.6 million first year. And if you go over to Nintendo, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, it sold, it sold like about 6.7 million in less than a year. So That's wild. I hadn't heard that. I knew it was doing well. I had no idea it was doing that well. Yeah, it, and... you. You know, let's keep in mind too. These are businesses; they are trying yeah. to make a dollar. So, some of this is definitely the the medium, the technology pushing the business practices. They see there's a push towards multiplayer and DLC, and it's a way they can keep making money off these games. Because with these single player games, they're great and they have great narrative structure, and they tend to be some of the best reviewed games. I mean, Last of Us is considered one of yeah the top three games of all time, right? Um, I'd never had a video game make me cry before. <laughs> I'll admit that. Um, and so I think we're, we, with everything, we're always just trying to find the balance. Yeah. So I think there's a balance between, you know, they're, they're, they're discovering the balance, the same thing you see in Hollywood with the, the truly artistic quality films that we all love and enjoy and have that are timeless. You know, Last of Us, the graphics might get better over time, but that game, that narrative that that father daughter even though she Ellie wasn't his daughter but that father daughter relationship you have that that transcends time um but then they also they want to make money and so they're you know they're pumping out their call of duties and things like that and those multiplayers because they can throw out or fortnite or whatever fortnite was probably fairly cheap for epic to put together because it's yeah. not in terms of like quality it's not the shiniest game or the best smoothest looking game but it, it works um, and they're making money off of what selling skins and guns, and I don't think it's the loot boxing, but you know, you, it, it's it's a it's a grind it's a grind of a game. I'm assuming I 
this. Oh, so we're seeing. So I think we've just started to see because the video game industry is so relatively new. I think we've just it's it's and it's mirroring Hollywood a little bit in the sense that we're starting to see the artistic, you know, essentially like art house films of games. You know, your your uh, uh, what was it the Shallows or the what was the Guillermo del Toro movie that just won Best Picture? Oh, you said oh, wait, which wait which movie? Guillermo del Toro. Oh, uh, uh, the Shape Picture. of Water. Shape of Water. So you can have, you know, shape of water quality stuff and at the same time make Pacific Rim because <laughs> it's going to make money and it's a lot of fun and you get to see giant robots fight giant monsters, which if they made a Pacific Rim video game, which they, or Gundam or whatever the hell, yeah, it's yeah. going to it's it's going to make money for these guys. Yeah. And uh like last thing about you know, Microsoft and their games as a service because, you know, Sony, their exclusive are like, even though some of them have multiplayer, they're more focused on the single player experience while over at Xbox, their focus is more towards the games as a service because, you know, you got, because if you look at like games as a service, you got games like Destiny that sold like 13 million, Call of Duty, 15 million, and stuff like that and then uh and then like activision blizzard you know off of the content that they push out for these games as a service they made four billion dollars last year off of you know the microtransactions and the content that they added and i'm pretty sure uh this was back when halo 5 first came out for the xbox one but you know halo when they dropped their you know microtransactions and their expansions and map packs they were making you know money off of that so but as far as like the demand for single player experiences over at Xbox, I'm pretty sure they are coming because, you know, Phil Spencer is as stated several times that he's working on bringing some more games, single player experiences to Xbox is going to take time. But it's just that, you know, you got to know your audience and what your platform's primary consumer is, basically. All right, so that is it for the main gaming news this week. Yeah, the main gaming news. We're going to take a quick break. And... All right, so uh, yeah, so we're going to move on to some controversies involving Netflix. This this specific piece of news involving Christopher Olin, it's, excuse me, Christopher Nolan, is pretty old but you know uh, if you follow the film industry or if you're a big fan of Christopher Nolan then you know that Christopher Nolan is kind of set in his ways yeah he's fairly old school in the way he likes to make his films yeah because he's still he's still what Dunkirk was shot on 70 mil yeah he was shot on old film stock um, which what there's only a handful of those cameras left in the world and only a couple places in the world that'll even develop the film Um, but it looked gorgeous and 70 millimeter film has the equivalent of 9K resolution. Yep. So we still can't do anything digitally as beautiful as that. But there's a reason why it's an older technology that isn't the norm anymore. Right. So, like Christopher Nolan, like he's a big advocate for like the old school way of filming. Like he'll, like he's a big advocate for like the IMAX film. And like shooting stuff on 70 millimeter. And then, like, if a director like wants to use it, but they don't have like the resources, like Christopher Nolan, he like he literally lends out lenses and cameras to people that want to shoot 
on 70 millimeter and IMAX and stuff like that. Uh, and Christopher Nolan, the theaters, because uh, the controversy with him and Netflix was that he said that he would never work with Netflix and that films aren't meant to be, you know, streamed online or at home. And, you know, he's a big advocate because he said plenty of times that if you want the best experience, you have to go to the theater. And, you know, if you want to watch Dunkirk, you have to you got to be immersed in it and go see it in the theater. I made this for a theater. And the theater experience is different than being at home. Um, I was talking to my girlfriend about this the other day because uh, I've yeah, I still like going to the theater and it, it is uh, Blade Runner, for example. I am I am so happy I got to see Blade Runner 2049 in theaters because it was I got to see it, you know, 100 feet projected in the air in the sound and everything but it was also the audience participation um and then just the immersive quality of going and seeing a three-hour film in the theater you know i'm not you know my dog isn't bothering me to go outside (laughs) uh my phone isn't going off so i I understand what christopher nolan's saying too but at the same time he does just kind of sound like an angry old man shaking his fist at the air yeah so uh like so one of the statements he gave out like in the interview, he's, uh, he said, I grew up in the 80s, the birth of home video. Your worst nightmare in the 90s as a filmmaker was that the studio would turn around and go, you know what? We're going to put this on video instead of theaters. Straight to video release. Those are, yeah, it's like a death sentence. Yeah, so, um, so from like this statement, I'm assuming he's equating Netflix originals with that straight to video concept and i i understand that that line of reasoning whoops started i understand that line of reasoning but it's not the 90s anymore 90s is almost 30 years ago which is weird to say but so cool yeah you grew up in a different time things change uh yeah and he ended up writing an apology letter to Netflix, you know, stating that he should have been because if you uh, because like Christopher Nolan, of course, we are speaking about something you're passionate about. Of course, you're going to be like have that emotion and like that rawness behind it. And, you know, he wrote an apology letter to Netflix basically saying that, you know, he should have been like he should have been more polite in that he was wrong and like in like he was wrong for like expressing it the way he did. So like he acknowledged that and then. He also said that, you know, he's sorry that he didn't speak on how revolutionary Netflix was and, you know, give them their props and pay respect and stuff like that. Well, I, I, you know, give credit where credit to get on him for, you know, acknowledging his mistakes or. Yeah, so that that's big of him. I can appreciate that. Um, But Nolan is the only one has issues with I say issues with Netflix, but I mean, Netflix has been such a huge force in the movie industry in the last decade you know spielberg you know going back to ready player one he's yeah, i'm sure he's got ideas about netflix when I mean, he believes that netflix maybe shouldn't be considered for the oscars i guess because it's not using the traditional medium uh so basically uh background on what netflix is start is i don't know if they're starting to do it now but uh their strategy is so that way their uh their original films can be considered for you know an academy award nomination they will release 
the they were release it in theaters for like about a week, so that way they can have that theatrical run and so they can get nominated. But uh, you know, on the press run for Ready Player One, Steven Spielberg, you know, he said that in his opinion that they shouldn't be considered for Oscar nominations. They should be getting Emmys instead because he said he sees them as TV movies. Because that's the medium in which we are consuming it. Yeah. I, I Again, I understand that perspective, much like what Nolan had to say about Netflix. Whether right or wrong, I don't know. Um, I mean, they are films, never traditional sense of the word. And I can tell you over the course of my life, I have watched way more movies at home or at someone else's home than I have in theaters. Right. Yeah. Uh so I don't know, because it, it brings all sorts of issue, too, because I know in with con, cons, cans, when they went to France has different rules in regarding yeah. streaming. It's what, like three years it has to be between the yeah, theatrical release movies. and being streamed. Yeah. So three years. I remember when I was a kid, it was, you know, but movies stayed in theaters a lot longer. I mean, it's yeah. about six weeks anymore. When I was a kid, um, you know, movies in theaters for about a year. They were in the main theaters and they got pushed down to the dollar theater. And drive in and then, you know, and then they would make their way to HBO or Showtime or whatever about a year or so that, you know, that next summer. And then you'd be able to, like, buy it at Christmas sort of thing um, yeah. in terms of, like, blockbusters or whatever. So, yeah, the, the timetable has shrunk just insanely. I mean, the fact that I'm uh, getting uh, ads to, to stream Justice League now and that came out, what, between November. Thanksgiving and Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. I'm still not going to watch it because it looks like a steaming. It, no, I don't want to say it looks bad because I know there's a lot of energy and effort and goodwill that went into it. DC's just swinging for the fences. Yeah, no, and plus, like you said, like I also think like the the medium has changed because like back then, because like I remember when I was little, waiting for you know the Harry Potter movies to come out, they would be like so you have to wait so long you're like but i guess it's that process of you know if it was shot on film taking the film then converting it then making it digitized then or putting it on a vhs tape and stuff like that but now everything is digital because one file and it's already everywhere oh yeah no i remember doing that with, you know when the lord of the rings movies came out and you know waiting Every Christmas, they would come out in the, it was that timetable I just gave you, came out in the summer, and then I'd wait till that next Christmas, and I could get, like, the deluxe um, Lord of the Rings box set, which I still have all the DVDs of. I never bought the Blu-rays. Because right. it's the same story. I don't know what I'm going to gain with the Blu-rays. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, you know, and I'm like, a uh, better resolution but and frame rate and stuff like everything, that. Everything comes back to Lord of the Rings when you're talking about film. They're the ones that changed... Uh, you know, tent poles and blockbusters and things like that. They're the in terms of literature. Oh man, we could sit here and dissect Tolkien, Lord of the Rings all day, yeah. I and mean, that's that, that's a whole other show in itself. But I mean, it's been man, it's been almost twenty years since those movies came out. The two thousand, two thousand one, on the first one. Yeah, they started filming them in ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, because yeah. I can. Yeah, because I remember. Yeah, two thousand. Like they came out like two thousand one and two thousand three. Yeah, because I remember. Uh, Going to the theater and my parents went to go see Lord of the Rings while my older sister took me uh, took me and my other sister to go see uh, 
Harry Potter. That's right. They came out at the same time. And I think it's one of the... I never really got into Harry Potter. I never read the books. I've seen two or three of the movies, maybe. I don't know. I remember seeing Gary Oldman kick through a door. Um, <laughs> so I was always a Lord of the Rings fan. So it's, it's really... And now it's coming back. Amazon is dumping, what, half a billion into the first two seasons? Yeah, so... But that that's without like the that half a billion is without what they spent to obtain the the rights to do the TV show. So basically, uh, you know, original content is, you know, it's basically what gives your subscribers that incentive to come or to stay. Right. And that's what Netflix is switching to much more original content. You know, all the streamers are HBO already has that on lock. Yeah. But yeah, that's you're right. That's how they generate uh new and keep business is through original content yeah. so because uh, you know netflix always looking out for original content hbo game of thrones is winding down sort of looking for that next big thing yeah they got westworld but it's not the it's not as it well, i'm not gonna say the impact because i don't follow hbo like that it's it's as good i don't think it's different i mean it's just a completely different show it's hard to compare outside of this kind of business principle we're looking at but yeah. it it yeah, Westworld's good, and I don't know if it's going to have quite – if it's going to be the – it's not. Nothing's going to be – Game of Thrones is equivalent to Lord of the Rings in the sense of what, it, what Lord of the Rings did for film, Game of Thrones has done for TV. TV. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so HBO, they're looking for that next big thing. And, you know, uh, uh, what's called New Line Cinema, HarperCollins, and the Tolkien Estate, they I – mean, like, they're open – they, uh, I'm not sure how news got out. I don't know if they put out press, press release or something like that. But they, you know, word got out that they're interested in doing a Lord of the Rings TV series. Yeah. So how that happened was uh, three or four years ago, uh, Tolkien's son passed away. And he had been the head of the Tolkien estate. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he was J.R. Tolkien's son. So he knew better than anybody how his dad wanted the this stuff all displayed and after they made a really bad animated movie in the 70s on lord of the rings and after that kind of just was terrible jr was like i don't really want this to be anything but the books then they made the movies they were great yes they left out a storyline or two and it wasn't everything because you can't you're it, two different mediums you can't bring everything then i think it's 2013 2014 somewhere in there um his jared Tolkien's son passed away and so the estate moved to somebody else or a law firm or something of that nature i forget what happened so then all of a sudden that's when the floodgates opened okay because i remember the bidding war between netflix amazon and hbo for uh i think it was last summer maybe a little bit before for the rights to this yeah and especially like you know these especially if the token estate isn't ran by you know his son who mm -hmm. wants it to be great if it's if it's gone to like some law firm or a business they're looking for top dollar right. so you know of course you know goes to the highest bidder amazon outbidded netflix and hbo and they obtained the rights to do the tv show for a quarter of quarter of a billion so 250 million dollars just to secure the rights to do it and you know and uh and the deal it was a five season commitment and uh they said that they plan on Spending half a billion on the first two seasons, and then the last three seasons another half a billion. So they're so they said they're looking, they're expecting to spend upwards of a billion dollars on this TV show. I mean, they might they're 
I mean, it's Amazon. They know what they're doing. They 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 have to be expecting to at least generate a billion dollars worth of profit off of this. Not of revenue. It has to be profit to justify it. I would think. I mean, that's that's just obscene. But it's Amazon. They can do that. Yeah, they, they have, have they've that, got they they've have got the, the deepest pockets. I mean, that's how they ended up with uh, the Top Gear guys when they left a couple years ago. I don't know if you ever followed that show. Yeah, I, I did a little bit. But yeah, they had there's there's a scandal with the BBC and somebody's temper got out of control, and so they ended up they you know the three hosts of Top Gear, which was at the time the most watched show, non scripted show on earth, um, split ways, and yeah, they and again. Big bidding war between HBO, Netflix. I don't know if HBO is now. Big bidding war between Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and you know whoever else. And Amazon right. came out on top. Right. And, and you would think with all that money they would make their user interface better. <laughs> it's still. I mean, on the PS4 it's just terrible. And I can't use it on the Chromecast because Amazon and Google don't like each other, so I can't stream anything to my TV. Right. Like, off Amazon's app, I have to go through my PlayStation or whatever. Going up like this tough. Or you got to crack down and get that Fire Stick. Or I got to buy the Fire Stick, but then I can't stream anything off Chrome. Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah, because being Android, I've always had Androids, and the Chromecast is great because anything I pull up on my browser, on my computer, or on my phone, and most every other app except for Amazon stuff, I can just stream right to it. You know, Hulu, Netflix, HBO, VRC, any of those, you know, Filmstruck, any of those other media apps, YouTube, well, it's owned by Google, but Vimeo, Venmo, Vimeo, which one's money? Venmo is money. Venmo is money. So Vimeo <laughs> is, uh, yeah, the same thing, streams all that yeah. to the TV. So, because, uh, you know, they, of course, like with every business, they have to be like looking at profit. So, and they said that like when the season starts to roll out, you're going to be able to stream it through, uh, is it Amazon Video or Amazon Prime Video? Yeah, Amazon Prime Video, I think is the full name of it. Yeah, uh, so you're going to be able to stream it through Amazon Prime Video. So, because what came into my mind is like, yes, the the films generated all of this money, but that was a theatrical release. And then the DVDs, and, and then yeah, they the, released the Blu-rays, and then we'll get a 4K update here in a couple years, and I'm not going to spend 80 bucks on 4K, but... Yeah, because every generation it goes up ten dollars. <laughs> you know, like so you got that. You know, like so you got that factor. But this, you know, like, just sitting on Amazon Prime Video, they'll like. I'm pretty sure they'll eventually release like a Blu-ray set that you can go to Target and buy, or just outright buy it on uh, Amazon to like own it. But as far as like streaming goes, you know that you know a hundred dollars a year or the ten bucks a month. Like, how many subscribers are they looking to? bring in and maintain to get that, you know, billion. I mean, at a hundred bucks a year uh, for a billion dollars, what is that? 10 million, hundred million. Yeah. Like a, I think a hundred million, hundred million. So they, they're looking at getting a hundred. That must be worldwide. They must be looking. I think they are starting to go worldwide. I think they got into Australia and New Zealand and Southeast Asia this last year. Don't quote me on that. So, uh, one of my favorite TV shows, uh, The Walking Dead, it has had its lowest ratings since season one, and they are on their eighth season currently. So, uh, I stopped watching the show because uh, my favorite, you know, all my favorite characters are gone. 
Yeah, Carl's not with us anymore, right? Yeah, Carl. Yeah, Carl's not with us no more. Tyrese is not. Is it Tyrese or Tyrone? Who Tyrone. Did? Yeah, Tyrone. It's not with us no more, and I can't remember his name in the TV show. But Tyler James Williams mm. from Everybody Hates Chris. Because oh, yeah, because yeah, all right, the first one because you know the uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And then because like everybody thought I was playing because like back in high school, it's like yo, if they kill Carl, like I'm done. And then, like, they kill off two of my favorite characters. I'm like, oh, Carl's going. And I was like, nah. Because, like, you know, I was on Twitter. I was tweeting, like, no, nah, blah, blah. But, like, I like, you know, I said, like, man, AMC is probably looking at my tweets. It was like, man, you're going to be back next week like you've been doing for the past years. But I, like, I. I'm going to about it, and I'm going to come right back next week and about it again and watch it. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, you know, and I was like, you know what, I'm I'm done this time. I was like, cause they don't want to listen. I was like, the only way to for them to listen is through their pockets. <laughs> I I quit watching the second season. To be honest, I've cut a little bit. Um, I read the comics all the way up through uh, Abraham's Compound. So I think that was like issue eighty ish, um, somewhere in there. Yeah, I quit watching the second season. It 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 was when they were on the farm. It was just people standing in a field talking, which is fine, but it wasn't. It just didn't keep me. It didn't keep me enthralled. And I knew, you know, having read the comics, I knew okay, now they're gonna move to the jail, and then now they're gonna or to the prison, and then they're gonna get out of the prison because of the crazy rednecks, and then they're gonna go meet Abraham, and then that's gonna turn cultish and weird, and then you get to All Out War. And I quit reading right when All Out War started. Yeah. That storyline in the comics. Um, and I know they've added characters and changed things, and but yeah, and and some of it might be fatigue too. Are these thirteen episode seasons, eighteen episode seasons? Uh it's hard for me to it's hard for me to think about the top of my head but, I mean, because we're, we're, it starts about uh it starts about like about October, and then it'll go to december and then they'll have their mid-season break and then mm-hmm. they'll come back in like february or march for like another like month or so so but it's like about 13 or two, i would say like a minimum like 13 episodes minimum but so we're getting close to 100 episodes 100 hours worth of content now yeah so for the uh like so for the people that's listening uh season one had six million viewers and you know, and their highest peak in terms of viewers was season five, where they had 16 million viewers. And now, you know, season eight, uh, it has dropped down to 7.9, which is the lowest in season one. Yeah. Yeah. Because season two looks like it was nine mil. So we're in between season one and two. Yeah. Man, I just feel bad for Chris Hardwick having to be super stoked about that every week. <laughs> Oh, I think they gave him his own show. I think he's just talking now. Yeah, yeah. it's a he talks about like we yeah, when The Walking Dead is over. He talks about Fear the Walking Dead, and then when Breaking Bad was on, he had a talk show about okay. Breaking Bad. So he's like their talk show host for their original series. But you know, is is it time for you know The Walking Dead to call it quits? Because it's been it's about, almost gonna be a decade and two more seasons. Yeah. Who knows? It's hard to tell. Um... And it might, maybe, maybe we, sh- maybe we're looking at this series the wrong way. Instead of like uh, something that's going to have a beginning and a middle and end, maybe we need to look at it as like a soap opera. Where in terms of mm-hmm. that, it's just always this continual, ever changing, evolving thing, and so it will 
it's going to become something that you don't recognize. Just over time, that's what happens. Or maybe the show's just gone off the rails and it's not as good as it used to be. <laughs> no, uh, like, toward, like, you know, uh, I noticed, like, at the point where a whole bunch of people had said, like, they're stopped, uh, talk, like, they stopped watching, it's became, like, more filler episodes. Mm. So, I don't know, I think if they want to bring back up or retain it, just cut the amount of episodes or cut the amount of filler and just, uh, you know, do that. All right, so that is it for this episode of Two Cent Tuesday. Want to give a special shout out to Chip for making time to come here and discuss. Oh, you know, oh I should probably say something. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, man, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Get to nerd out for an hour. Yep. All right, so that has been it for Two Cent Tuesday, man. Make sure you know you tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends about Two Cent Tuesday. Tune in uh, every click that Tuesday. Like subscribe button. <laughs> yep. So. Like and subscribe. Like, yeah. Yeah. Click like that sus- lick button. You know, click the like button. Click if you're watching this on you know YouTube. Click the like button. You listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go ahead, leave a review. And uh, you know, if you're listening to on the radio, make sure you tune in Two Cent Tuesday, same time next week.